Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And thank you for participating and sending me messages and answering different questions I've put out there. I'm, I'm really enthused and, and excited to see some of the responses that are coming back. And if this is helping you, throw up a, a testimonial, let me know, or just send me a message. I'd love to know what's working. If there's any topics you'd like me to turn towards and really focus on, let me know. To this week's episode is out of feedback from people that have been asking me questions about uh, the ebook Designing Your Strengths. So Designing Your Strengths, and specifically we're talking about visualization, and I've gotten so, I've had some questions come through about meditation and visualization, why they're in the book around designing our strengths, and how that's related um, in a goal-setting process to, to specifically designing who we are. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to start by talking about how, um, about some key components about visualization. Um, and we, we're going to talk a little bit about meditation. Uh, if you're if you're driving, please pay you know pay attention to the road. If I if I break off into more of a discussion about meditation, and I you know choose to invite you to breathe or close your eyes, please don't close your eyes if you're driving <laughs> or running a tractor or some other type of heavy equipment. Um, and if, uh, you know, I like to listen to podcasts sometimes walking around the grocery store or other stores and just have it in one ear. And I love that because I know my unconscious mind's hearing everything that I want to hear. And I, I know that I'm catching what I'm meant to that's best for me to catch in those moments. And I've kind of trained my mind to work in these ways. And, and, it's, and it's a lot of fun. Um, so if you're in the grocery store and you're hearing what I'm saying fantastic you you relate and you get it and uh so where are we going here i've got visualization is visualization is one of the more important if, if we're going to grade and judge or whatever it's one of the more important tools we can use at goal achieving um visualization is important and critical to getting consensus or congruence between our unconscious and conscious selves or our super conscious right so if we're if we want a certain outcome and it's something out of the norm of who we are of what we've experienced so far in life then it's important to consider what we will be like when we have achieve the goal or beyond where we've achieved the goal and we use visualization to do that so question number one was how do meditation and visualization fit and how are they different in the same and I'm, I'm going to stay really top line with that answer and I've answered it directly but you know I think it's important because for me and for people I teach meditation is a foundation state, a foundation state, emotional state that is best to ha have found if we're visualizing. So 
I, I typically use visualization once I've meditated, unless I am just about to go to bed or just waking up when I'm in an emotional state that is already somewhat trance and connected to my superconscious or unconscious. So there's ideal times to visualize and, and while falling asleep to visualize is solid. We can actually make recordings talking to ourselves. And I've, I've done this on a, on a few occasions and I do this with some base repeatables, which is something I work with people on that are like a super concentrated affirmation. Right? it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a little different from an affirmation, but it's, um, it's, it's, it's a really souped up, you know, it's got nitrous on it and it's, it's just ready to roll. So when we use base repeatables, it's, um, it's really supportive to automating different behaviors or ideas that are critical to what the culture we want in any given situation. So um, that we, we don't have to dig into that today, but when we're talking about meditation and visualization, unless I'm in a time of day where I'm already in somewhat of a hypnotic or trance state like sleep or pre or post sleep, then I will meditate first and then go into a visualization and I'll have a written goal and I will look at that goal and I'll move into contemplation first, just considering the goal and what it means and listening from that meditative place. And this is how I transition to visualization. And as I'm contemplating the words of the goal that I've set for the goal, and as I'm contemplating the goal itself and achieving the goal and maybe steps that are I'm taking to get there, I'm beginning, I'm, I'm listening for answers to, and I'm listening to be open to any idea about that goal that is pertinent to achieving it. And then I move directly into visualizing what it will feel like, not only along the way, but when I achieve the goal and when I get beyond the goal, and it's really important that when I'm visualizing that, I, that it's believable, which is why I contemplate, because in contemplation, I can begin to get ideas that I buy, have a belief in and that I buy into. Now, <clears throat> everyone ha can have a little bit different way of transitioning through there, and your specific strengths will play a part in that. Uh, an example to that is I am really belief-centered. I am so believing in something is really, when, when I have a belief in something, I move forward way different. And developing that belief and really trying to get buy-in from others and be you know, have an influence of helping other people see the same thing, I get really fired up and I move forward much easier than when I don't have that belief. So I can be more disciplined. I can end up being a lower strength, as I said, or a lesser strength. Um, and I can really do well. There's other, so, so moving from meditation to contemplation and then into visualization really works for me because it helps me work on the belief center I have about the goal and be open to any ideas that come up that 
maybe I need to win myself over for or discover, do I really want that? And I may have other, you know, other reasons not to. I really want a couple of cars, but in part of me really doesn't want the garage space to have a couple of cars. And do I really want to store cars? And will I ever really use them? Do I want to have something I don't use? And I start going through all that. So contemplation for me helps me sort through what is it about the goal I want? What's the value that I'm honoring in it? And the meditation puts me in a state of listening and being open and being calm and being receptive. And then I can move into stating the goal and then feeling what I'm feeling and noticing what I'm noticing about things that either resonate with or with or, or against the goal. And I all those things get to sort out. So as I'm doing that, I can take notes, I can do other things, but I can, as I move into visualization, I can then visualize what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like to sort through any of those things that come up that maybe are a reason not to have the goal. Um, I might shift the goal. Um, you know, if it's three cars, I, I want to have a lot of cars, but I've decided, for an example, through this process, that I don't necessarily want a lot of vehicles in one place. I do want a certain size garage, and I want a couple of vehicles in it. I want a motorcycle, a couple of motorcycles, and a and two, a truck, and a fun car, and a more you know van like fit a lot of people in type of car. So, and I'm gaining clarity over the specifics of that. We don't need to get into that today, but. So th that would be great. I don't know that I will have all of those in one spot because I also have a goal of traveling and wanting to have things elsewhere. And I came, made up, ended up making the decision that I want to have a car in different cities that I travel to a lot all the time. I want it to be a beautiful high-end car that I can rent and put into some rental program when I'm not using it, possibly, or just keep there. And that when I'm in town, I always have a car. So if I travel to a certain city every month, I want to have a car. Uh, having a car is more important to me than having an apartment or a condominium or a townhome or anything else or a home. So now I have a, still have a goal to want many vehicles. It just doesn't look the same because I was contemplating and that's what ended up exciting me. So that may not excite you, but it, the key is you, we contemplate to find what excites us and it, we contemplate to find out what reasons we might have not to attain the goal that we're initially fired up about. And for me, I'm, if, if and, and some people that are really high in being deliberative and man, they might know right away what they want. And that's exactly what you want. If you're deliberative and you, and you've already, you've already sorted through naturally in who you are exactly what you want. And you know that you want X amount of whatever in one place and you know that and you move forward. That's great. If, so everyone, my point is everyone's wired a little differently. And this is starting to answer the question of how a goal setting process with meditation and visualization in it helps us design our strengths. Because using a strength and knowing when to move forward with it quickly or slowly or when to hold it back and not use it because it's in an environment where it won't be valued 
And how many of us are pushing our way or our thoughts out into a situation when it's not valued and then we're feeling frustration? Waiting for the opportune moment or the right timing to interject or insert your own, our thoughts or feelings or beliefs <clears throat> or suggestions when they're valued is a, a really good skill. It's an, it's a it's a ninja skill that saves a lot of time and energy, opposed to pushing forward with all we have. <clears throat> Anyone that is really empath has a lot of empathy for others. That really has a sense of feeling and understanding of what other people are feeling will typically relate to. The idea that people in their life have been telling them, stop taking care of everyone else. Stop taking care of other people and focus on taking care of yourself. I, people might say um, that are really empathetic might be told at some point to stop stealing people's lessons from them. But out of the knowing how they're going to feel, we want to save them. So we want to give, you know, we want to give them something different. So However, empathy is an, an amazingly strong skill or talent, so it's knowing when to rein it in and when to move forward is important. Same thing could be said about somebody who's um, really disciplined and really competitive. It, they might come off really, they might succeed at a lot of things. They might quickly and seemingly effortlessly just run at the world and just really make things happen and win, 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 win very naturally. But they might be told by other people, they, the feedback they get from the world might be more, dude, you're a bully and you just don't stop. And, you know, and oftentimes I hear back from people that are, are really strong in those areas that they're, they get lonely or they feel like they're just uh, isolated or put off to the side and not given the same focus or attention from it from teachers or trainers or anything else and and it's kind of how we how we do that to ourselves when we're pushing forward in what it creates so again when we rein it in and use it specifically it goes so far when it's the right energy and holding it back so that we're cautious in how we're bringing others along because without everyone else's strengths depending on what we're doing we may not get as far especially when we're working in a team environment <clears throat> so what's what we're talking about here is the reasons to rein in what we have to use it more specifically and the reasons to move forward and how now we're going to go back to meditation contemplation visualization and it's contemplation isn't in the ebook necessarily it's it's meditation and visualization so contemplation is a stage i go through that i really learned going through a process called contemplative prayer that you can get books on um that i just made my own in how i consider things and i don't i also know how to do contemplative prayer how to practice that practice what I'm doing in this case is a little different, but I, I took it from there because that's something I, that's one of my gifts is that I, I found something that worked for me and I believed in it 
and I owned it and I, no one could tell me it wasn't going to work right and boom, here we are. So that just works for me. What works universally is that meditation and the visualization. So <clears throat> when we're visualizing, we want to have a believable picture of what's happening, of what's going to happen, how it's going to feel, all the way down to asking ourselves, what problems will this create? I have, you know, I have problems today, but they'll be different with, when I reach that goal. I had problems at, as a 300-pound person. As a 195-pound person or 175-pound person, I had much different problems. And as a 175-pound person, when I was at my lowest, really cutting and squeezing out all the fat, I got excited and wanted to buy a bunch of clothes. And I did buy a few things because I just needed something. But then, thank God, I had someone, a coach there, there saying, don't do it yet because now you're going to build. And nothing would have fit. So I had assistance. I had help. I had surrounded myself with people and with, a, you know, I had a coach and a, I had a few coaches that were really there to help me not waste a bunch of time doing things that I'd have to redo anyway. So, but knowing what problems am I going to have? Well, I didn't realize the problems I'd have through that. So as I was contemplating or as I was talking to other people about the journey I was on, I got to start learning that and I got to add that in to the visualization to make it more realistic. So believable in that I want to be able to believe I can reach the goal. Realistic in that I'm getting feedback. I'm starting to ask people, what was it like when you did it? And what can I expect? And just getting around different people to learn what I can or reading about it and just gathering as much data as I could about what other people go through in new situations and what therefore I can think about what I might go through. The next thing is doing this consistently. Everything about success is about being consistent. We have processes built that we use in coaching to help people develop a relationship with the minimal possible effort towards anything. I started with five minutes on an elliptical machine and I ended up making it three minutes. At three minutes, I could achieve doing it every day without fail and it worked for me because I was developing a, a relationship and an understanding with what was the minimal that would then allow me to be consistent. Well, that was realistic and that was that's also speaking to the consistency in how I set a short-term goal to do that for 30 days, 60 days. But what happened <clears throat> excuse me, what happened on the long on the way to 30 days was um quite honestly some of my negative self-talk actually worked for me positively in a good way because I was like, man, you couldn't do 5 minutes, now you're doing 3. And all of a sudden, I was like, I was beating myself up a little bit. But then after a couple of days, I was like, well, I, maybe I can do five. Right? I, I can handle doing five minutes. And so I did five. And then I increased eventually, and I was doing 10. And then eventually, I was doing 12 and then 15. And so I don't remember exactly where it was, but along the way, I didn't do it a day. And what did I do? I dropped it back down to the 
next step back and recommitted to doing it every day. Well, I didn't do that forever. I did that for a season in order to understand more what would work for me in doing in, in making sure I could guarantee consistency so I could drive some new beliefs around what consistency looked like. And I did that with visualization. What the, and I started imagining what it looked like to do that over a three-day period, three minutes a day, or a 10-day period. And <clears throat> I, I did end up feeling more motivated. And as I was more motivated, I was able to increase my time. And I had a relationship already with the unrealistic goals, which I could do because I have a strong amount of self-will. Trying to be disciplined as my front-running skill when it's not my most natural best way of being. And just, you know, it's just... I say that and I always think, man, people tell me I'm so disciplined and no, they're not wrong. I'm just not showing up as discipline being my thing, right? Um, I'm showing up having developed a belief system about what the behavior is that I want to work on that will give me the things that, that I want. And I use strategy and I gather data and I do things and that's what works with how I am wired. So. I, w I just can't repeat that. I, I don't feel like I can repeat that enough that everyone's wired differently and we all have strengths and our weaknesses are not from strengths we're not good at because we can ha we can be strong in anything if we access it right. The, the deal is, is that most of our weaknesses come in how we're using our greatest self, how we're showing up in the world as who we are. <clears throat> so... All this being said, I'm going to step back into the visualization idea and talk about how we also want to focus in visualization on big picture. So we want to go to farther time frames out and start to visualize the more of an end result. And we can actually take situations and ideas and drop them in the future on a date to have achieved it by that time and then visualize that and bring that to a reality, bring that into fruition. <clears throat> so the next part about visualization that's really important is as vivid of a picture as we can create. So we talk about when we were buying TVs, they are always talking about pixels and that's the amount of dots that come up in the picture and that create how, how vivid and realistic that picture is and how much someone is standing off the screen to look at you know, so we look at them and we're like, whoa, that looks so real. <clears throat> so what we want to do is we want to imagine with as much detail as possible. So I call it adding pixels. So as we're visualizing what it's going to look like or feel like to have an increase in income or an increase in our bank, in our bank account, whether it's income related or not, uh, maybe it's just a savings goal or maybe it is a program or school we want to get into or we want our kids to be in or that they want to get into whatever that is we start thinking about what the goal is and we want to visualize the biggest picture possible and we want to add the most vivid details we can <clears throat> so again like talking about the cars if it's something physical like that you can visit you can go look at something touch it feel it sit in it 
Think about where you're going to drive it when you first have it. Think about what you're going to wear when you go to pick it up. Think about how, and then sit in it so you can smell it, feel it, push the buttons. You can drive it. You can feel what it feels like to actually ride in it or drive. You can think about, is someone else going to be driving it and I'm going to be a passenger? What will that feel like? Anything we can think of is the type of detail we want to add. If it's more goal-oriented, we can do the same thing. Some things aren't as easy to go touch or feel or experience, so then we use more of our imagination in creating that vivid picture and really adding as many pixels as we can. So having a different amount of money in the bank as a savings goal might be that we breathe easier, that we feel more confident in taking some risks we've been wanting to take. It might mean that um, it's easier for us to go on vacations or anything because we have a cushion of security. That feeling of security, you might not know until you have it. And there's ways to begin thinking about that in advance. So, and that's where we use meditation and that's how it comes into picture where we're just thinking about what will it feel like? What will it feel like to have two years of living expenses in the bank if that's the goal? I remember when I, my first goal of financial goal was to keep $100 in my pocket and then it was to have $1,000 in savings. And then eventually became, I want to have at least one month in in savings and three months in savings. So constantly changing those goals and building those goals. Think about how's it going to feel when I'm there. And if I didn't know, we have to then try and gather data. And that's where talking to people and community and other things come into play. But it's not the same as going to touch and feel something. But we might eat somewhere differently. We might take a different vacation We might spend more of our expendable income when we're at a different level of savings. And we might also have certain things in the future that we're more prepared for, that we're willing to dip into savings for. So the use of our savings might also change. And maybe we end up creating different savings accounts for different things, whatever. This is what I'm talking about when we talk about adding pixels. So if we want $10 million in the bank, or if we want $100 million in the bank, how many accounts is that going to take? How many accounts can should we leave how much money in safely? How many investments should we be involved in with that kind of money? It, and if that's what we're working with and that's what we want, those are the things we begin to go gain expertise on and start asking people how we would do that so that we can visualize it. And there's books and resources and all kinds of things that we can do to do that. One of the things we can do is we can join up with groups like this to talk about it and then go get around people that have more of what we want. And if that's serenity, we can find a place to go. If that's peace, if that's fitness, if that's more customers, if it's a car, whatever it is, we can get around people that have what we're looking for and that can help us a great deal. The next thing is to have a really specific time set aside to do this and also use it in spare in our spare time. So sometimes we can use base, base repeatables 
to use that, which again, you can just practice using affirmations and deciding what that looks like. But there, you could use an affirmation that's based on what it's going to feel like when you're there. I, I say this a lot because it's such a simple one, but when I started going to the gym and I wasn't a big gym lover, I my base repeatable was every time I train, I get stronger and people I know and love get stronger. Because And that's painted this picture that worked for the visualization of what it was going to look like as I became more fit and how I could begin to see myself as this incredibly have in this place of elite fitness and if I as I attained this elite sense of fitness what was that going to feel like look like taste like and I'm I still wonder sometimes men if I reach the next level I want to reach what's that going to be like and again I get around people and ask them and I don't worry as what about what I eat like I used to because I have a plan and I'm working the plan and I've automated most of the behaviors around the plan. So that's what we get when we're talking about visualization and when we're talking about how to experience our strengths and design our strengths, it's how we start to approach it. And it's how we start to approach the visualization and really maximize our efforts so that we're getting the most efficiency out of our time and that really, really changes based on how we approach it in our thoughts and how we frame it in our beliefs and in our behaviors. So all of that becomes very specific to the individual. And every individual has an easier, has a way of going about it that is easier for them. So that being said, I'm going to cut it here and I, I'm, we'll dig into this further as you guys want to. And if you want to join, one of our programs or groups, you, you can do that. If you get into the Facebook group, we are, are doing some live calls and you can throw in suggestions of what you'd like to talk about and we'll cover it. Um, appreciate everybody that's here and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of The Point with me, Jeff Spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Make sure to tag me. I love hearing from you, the listeners of this show. The links for all my social and iTunes are in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to engage with me in anything related to my coaching, consulting, speaking, or programs, please visit jeffspikes.com for everything you would need to know to engage with me offline. And lastly, thank you for your time, your attention, and your consideration. This is The Point.